start by reading from a beautiful book called The Inner Light of Love by Miriam Milhauser. There is a light that is soft and embracing. It allows you to live where you genuinely are and to move from there. It illuminates your ever-present neshama connection to Hashem and helps you remember it as the core of who you are. It gently reveals whatever stands between you and your Creator. It helps you handle the challenges Hashem gives you and appreciate that they are designed to enable you to become who He created you to be. The source of this miraculous light is within us, in the vast, virtually infinite capacity to love with which Hashem blessed us. He gave each of us a complex set of like circumstances through which we face the challenges needed to transform ourselves into beacons of this powerful light. It's a light that reveals the essence of who we are and of the world we are to repair. Today we're going to speak about the inner light of love. And um, at the end of the talk, we're going to do a meditation um, that can be an example of this kind of work. That can be an example of how to find that, I guess you could call it like that gold mine that's underneath each person's own feet. There's a gold mine underneath each of us and we want to be able to open and find that gold mine. So I had a conversation with somebody that I've known for a long time. And this person, every once in a while, she cries out in pain, saying, I don't have a security in the very basic, basic question of emuna, simplest, like, emuna question, like, is there Hashem or no? Like, the most basic emuna. She said, I really don't know if I believe anything. And she was crying out in pain. She was not saying it with any sort of you know, happiness. And she said that um, she, 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 ever, she lives, a, she lives a, a, a religious lifestyle. She's living completely, you know, committed, but she's struggling terribly with this, with this painful question. And over the years, I've always said different things like, oh, you know, I tried to empathize, but that's hard. And I also say like, you know, well, think about that. If all the atoms in the world, like how could they have crashed together and make the world? And, you know, and I, you know, there's all books written about this. I said, oh, imagine, you know, if monkeys would be, you know, I didn't make this up, but this is in Emuna books. It says like, if all a thousand monkeys would be typing on typewriters, just banging, would they be able to write a Shakespeare? Of course not. So how could random, random factors create our beautiful world? You know, all these amazing proofs, whatever. And... I realized this time, I, uh, suddenly something stopped in my mind. And I said, one second. And I remembered in the Chumash, in the Torah, when, in, when Moshe Rabbeinu comes to Paro, and he says, Hashem sent me to tell you to let the Jews go. So in the beginning of their first encounter, Paro says, who is Hashem? And Rashi comments that Paro said, I looked in all my records of all the gods, and he's not there, so he must not exist. That was Paro's reasoning, you know? He's not in the gods, in the books of gods. So, Rabbi Levi, that's what Rashi says, but there's more to this um, medrash. Med, the med, Rabbi Levi says in a medrash, he says, you know what that's like, what Paro was doing? 
it's like you have a a um, servant who's not so smart, and his he loses his master. So he goes looking for his master, and he looks in the cemetery. And people say, no, your master's a Kohen. You're not going to find him in the cemetery because he's a living Kohen. So you will not find him in the cemetery. So the, the, the mistake of Pyro was you're looking in records of, what did I write? Stone and clay idols. And he is the Melech Chai, the Kayam. You're looking in the wrong books. You're looking in the wrong records. You're looking in the wrong place. You're not going to find God our Elohim, our Yud Kevavke, among your idols. He doesn't, that's not his place where he lives. And I thought of this Medrash when I was speaking to this person, and I said, I think I figured out the problem. You are trying to find Hashem over here. And there's a lot to be said about the power of thought, and thinking is a very important thing to do, and we need to engage our faculties. As humans, we have the greatest ability to think and comprehend and compute and calculate and all our minds are very important but the problem is that all those books that you could be reading you know about proofs of God from you know Mamad Harsinai and Adam's crashing and all those things it's as frustrating as searching in the cemetery for someone who is closed up in her heart to herself because by rejecting myself, inadvertently, I'm rejecting Hashem. And really, Rachel spoke a lot about this already, and I'm going to expound upon that. Because when Hashem made the crown of creation, right, everything was first, and then he crowned creation by creating man. So we look very carefully at the words that were used at, of creating man, because that tells us so much about our life on earth. And he says, Na'asa, let's make man, which means that man and God are partners together. And he says, he, sa- he says, um, God created as Ha'adam Bitsalmo in his form. Bitsalem Elokim Bara Oto. He made him in his form. He made us as a likeness to him. We're not just his creation. As Rachel drew that picture, he's, it's not just he's up here and we're down there, but we're actually in his form and we are joined together with him. That's a, a different thing. It says also in, in, in Bereshis, when it begins, it says, um, because the story says that he blew into him. It says he blew into him a breath of life. And famously, the Nefesh HaChaim explains what that means. What does it mean? He, Hashem doesn't do physical things. What, any description of Hashem that's physical needs to be questioned and understood. So when Hashem uh, blew into man that breath, the Nefesh HaChaim compares it to a glass blower. Um, Ruth and I once went to glass blowers in the mountains of Colorado and they have a hot burning hot molten material and the glass blower exhales into this molten glob and he forms it into a pitcher vase glass pot with his own breath so says the Nefesh HaChaim that is the relationship of Hashem to man he puffed into him a breath of life and that is neshama, that there's a breath of God inside a person. And that is a, such a different life than a life believing that we are, you know, putty, you know, just far, distantly formed by Hashem and abandoned or anything else like that. It says in Mishlei, anyone who went to BYD knows I love Mishlei, um, that it says, Ner Hashem, Nishmat Adam. The candle of Hashem is akin to the neshama of man, meaning to say many things. What the the simple meaning is that our souls are like his candle burning inside of us. 
which Rachel really explained very beautifully. Like we are not uh, in, inept, um, helpless beings. We are godly people. It's a huge, huge shift in, in our thinking. Now, so we have Telemolech. We are in the form of Hashem. We have his breath in us, so to speak. And we have a relationship guided by the Torah. And we have our, our tefillah. And in our tefillah, we, we announce, and this is a mitzvah from the Torah. It's not just in the Siddur. It's from the, the actual mitzvahs. And it is that we should announce Hashem's oneness, Hashem's onlyness. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. In all the tefillot, well, not when you go to sleep at night, but the ones in the morning and in Arvit, before you say the Shema, you say, we say, Ashkenazim say, Ahava Rabba, or Ahavat Olam. And I think Sfatim say, Ahavat Olam. In either one, it's a beautiful paragraph that says, Abundant love, you love us. Or, everlasting love. You love us, an everlasting love, meaning forever. Not only in the time of the greats who lived in the olden times, not only in the time of this holy man and that holy woman, always and forever. Your love is with us, it's among us forever, and it's Ahavarabha, if you use that, Nusach, and that is saying ab- abundant love, like love that Rabba actually means increasing. It's ever increasing. His love is always increasing. It's always becoming more. It's not even a, uh, stagnant. It's even growing as time goes on. That's what Rabba means. If you look, you get that from Rashi in the story of Sodom. So the essence of how he relates to us is love. Therefore, love is the feeling necessary to experience a consciousness of him. I said an experience, a consciousness. I didn't say no, in theory, over here, in your frontal, you know, in your brain. I didn't say no about Hashem over here. To experience a consciousness, to have an, a felt sense, a felt sense of Hashem. Felt sense means even in your body, you can feel that relationship. Even in your, from the bottom up, from your feet up to your head, not just from your head to your feet, you feel that you're connected to something. You feel that you're part of something. It's a felt sense. And I'm going to talk about what that is and how we can get to it. So I asked this person, I was like, wait, you know what? I just thought of something. I, I, I may have mentioned the Medrash to them. And I said, can you, that's a very sensitive question. Can you look in the mirror and say to the person in the mirror, you're good. Can you look in the mirror and say to that person, I love you. And the person said, no, not at all. Never, not at all. The person said, around my heart, I feel a big wall. And they said, and sometimes I don't feel the wall. I just feel that my heart itself is made like this, this heart. My heart is a stone. It's a rock. That's how I feel. That's what this person told me when I asked them. I, I, I just want to know, like, am I on the right track? And so many of us can identify with an experience of feeling closed to ourselves. Some people always, and most people sometimes feel a distance, a closed feeling like there's my heart and here's me. And we're hovering above ourselves and we're distant and we feel like we can't reach, we can't reach. Where is she? Where is she? 
and there's a yearning. Where is that person? I think I want to get to know her. But some people are not even aware of this at all, and it could sound like completely, do you say it sounds like Chinese? Like, it really sounds like the most distant language. What is she even talking about? Loving yourself, looking in the mirror, saying I love you, saying you're good, saying I'm good enough. Like, what? No, uh, no. So I said... I, I said to this person, to love ourselves is the foundation of love for others and eventually Hashem, and that's how we can get to know him. Because interestingly, when Hashem speaks of Avraham, he says, I love him. But the way he says, I love him, is I know him. Because if you love someone, you care to get to know them. And re- the reverse is true as well. That by truly knowing someone, we're expressing our love for them. Knowing is the intimacy that the Torah speaks about. It's like it's that connection that you can't really say you love if you don't get to know. I think that's true. So um, practically, what does this mean? Because I, 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 I sometimes I share this idea with people, and they say, "So you're giving me a feeling of despair. You're telling me that if I ever want to serve." And be a good Jew, that I have to like love myself. But I am so far from that, I want to say. Okay, first of all, sometimes just hearing this and becoming aware that that is step one could make a huge shift in people's lives. Just realizing that, we, that love is the beginning of all service. And that it starts in the heart and it starts with loving ourselves first. That alone can create a shift. Another thing that could be practical efforts that someone could make in the, in, the, in, the, in the goal of becoming a better Jew, person, friend, sibling, family member, whatever, the, the, another thing that one can do is sometimes it, it helps to study the topic of godliness, what it is that we have Hashem in us. Just finding that out can warm up your whole self, can make you feel different. You'll feel it down to your feet. And sometimes it helps to study the topic of worthiness. What is my worth? What is my value? Ruth and I have explored this a lot, and I actually learned from Ruth about this. Um, Worth, value, what is that? What creates worth? What creates me to be, what makes me a worthy person? So sometimes it's just studying, and that's done with the brain, right? And then it could hopefully trickle down. But sometimes the work could be something else. It could be... um, when I say your nervous system, I mean your felt sense that gives you feedback. And paying attention to your nervous system is a great way to just notice where you are. Because sometimes if we're just very much trying so hard with our brain to be so good, and we don't notice like, hey, when I have a conversation with that person, my throat closes. Or when, I, when this person looks at me, I feel twists inside just paying attention to our nervous system and working with our nervous system, which you could come talk to me if I, I, it's, it's too much to say in the course of this talk, but there's much to be said about getting deep down into our cells because Mibsari Chazekel, I see Hashem through my own flesh. David Amelach, who was full of connection to his emotion. I always say he was he was Jewish enough. Why can't we? Why do we have to be afraid of our emotions? David Hamelach was all about the emotions. <laughs> anyway, so David Hamelach he says, "With my own flesh, I see Hashem. Through my bones, in my own self, in my own etzem, I see Hashem. 
we can feel it down into our felt sense. And so we can do work down in our felt sense as a wonderful starting point. Some other things that can help that felt sense that can eventually rise up to our mind is, uh, and then our actions is um, mirror work. If you've ever heard about that, you could ask me about it. Mirror work, mirror work. Um, um, what else did I, other ideas that you could do to, um, you could do, um, I made a list here somewhere and I can't find it. Things that we can do to deepen our connection to ourself. Um, oh, here it is. Mirror work. Oh, meditation, um, which we're going to end with. Meditation, affirmations. Different people work different ways because everyone's made differently. But we're, the, the key is to do work to find out who is this person inside of this body. Who is the person inside there? And to be curious about her because she's a very important person. And to not dismiss her. You know, if you love Hashem, you want to know his, his, he's an author. Read his books. His books are each person, each one of us, you know, to be curious about the vast world inside of ourselves. We're not small. Nobody's small. We have godliness. We have, Nefesh HaChaim says we are powerful. We are mighty. We are, we have endless, almost boundless um, capacity inside of us. We have eternity inside of us. We are gigantic. And so is everybody else, right? Every other person we encounter is as well. But there's a huge world in there, you know. I have I had a friend when she moved when she moved away I got her two books our two shared interests hiking trails of the world and your inner light or one of my books I don't know and I said because those are our two shared things the outer vastness and the inner vastness and they're both people are fascinated with space guess what you're just as big inside you're just as big inside as outer space inside of you and you and you is a something bigger than the gigantic world that we can't even imagine. And so to be curious about that and to look, who is this person? I want to know her. I want to see what she's all about. I want to hear her voice. I want to hear what she has to say. I care about her. I'm going to support her. I'm going to speak kindly to her. I'm going to, I'm going to show her support. I'm going to show her love. I'm not going to dismiss her. I'm not going to abuse her like, like we were saying. So that inner, that inner experience is, um, is, is the beginning of the, the beginning of getting to know Hashem is the connection to oneself. <laughs> yeah, there's a horse. Uh, horse was, yeah. No, it was born this Friday. <gasps> oh, oh, so oh, so you know what? I'll tell you something about that. You see how a foal, a baby horse, can get up on its legs right away and walk? And and a, and, and a, and a, and a, and a baby... Uh, you know, a single-celled organism can just pop out of itself and just move on, doesn't even know its mother, right? And a horse knows its mother, and, and, but it can stand and walk on its own within hours. The human being is the most developed of all the creations, and we need the most input from another until we are established to be connected to ourselves. We need the most input, and that's oh, so beautiful. Oh, and that's why we don't walk on our feet until we're one because we need to be held in every way. And that's really important to know about the development of a human being. Okay, so talk about my, my own experience. So I personally used to work very hard. Even when some of you who, were, you know, who knew me, knew me even not so long ago, I was a different person. I used to like work very hard. Um, I have to see what I wrote about myself. To keep mitzvot. <laughs> to be good. Do you know what I mean? To be good, to be perfect, 
to not get anything wrong, to be so perfect, to never fail in any area of life, to be worthy. I was accomplishing. I was establishing a family. I had students. I was teaching. I was in the community. But I feel, looking back, that, and I was helping people, and everything looked almost the same. But there was a certain hollow hole inside. And the problem was that when I would fail, I would fall hard. I would fall hard because I, I felt that failing is, uh, failing is like the end. And my, you could imagine that my worth, my self-esteem would fluctuate very drastically because it was very much tied to my accomplishments and my perfection and things like that. There was a lot of fear. And when I say fear, I don't mean I mean fear of getting it wrong, which is different, right? There was a lot of fear, and it was hard to connect to mitzvot, especially tefillah. Why? Because we know tefillah is avodah shabalev. That's what tefillah is. It's all about the heart. The mouth is only the expression, but it's not the whole work. And my problem, and maybe I'm sharing this because I think I can't be the only person that had this, I felt completely unworthy in tefillah because who am I to speak before the one and only almighty God? I always felt unworthy and I noticed when I started to tune in to myself, my heart would pound the whole time that I was ta- trying to say the words. My heart was like racing and my friend said to me, oh, when I take a nice time to daven, then my heart is calm. And I said, not me, the opposite. The more I try, the harder my heart is pounding. Well, thank you, Hashem. I had many, I have many, as all of us do, challenges, difficulties, weaknesses, obstacles. And through those, as we all know, through those doors opened and more doors opened and more doors opened. And I was curious enough to look inside. What's inside those doors? Who is that person that's having those challenges? Who is this person who's struggling like this? And I... I feel like with each challenge, another support beam falls out of your life. A support beam could be a mask that you wear. A support beam could be a facade, a mask that you wear that holds you up. A support beam could be something that you do to perfection or else. That's a support beam. What else could be a support beam that fell away? Um, Things that I relied upon, things that were the same all the time. Um, things that I was good at. I got this. I mean, I was teaching parenting since my, I was 24. You know, I just had a knack. You know, I just, yeah. Until the first challenging kid came and I took about a 10-year break and then I got back into it. But yeah, like, it was just my thing. Like, I understand kids. I understand people. Someone asked me to teach. I'm like, my oldest is, you know, six but fine. Whatever I was, I don't know. That's not right. But anyway, and then, yeah, all the things that I relied upon that I was good at, that I, you know, my, my, I, I don't think I ever wore a mask because I was always a very sincere person, but certain things that had to be perfect, certain things that like I relied upon myself doing them, getting all the gold stars. Oh, music. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so, so what happened to me? I was forced to like dig and find the gold mine under my feet. And in each difficulty, as each time I lost a different facade, yeah, a different facade and different lifelines and resources fell away, I entered in and I discovered the steady, unchanging, non-fluctuating soul inside. 
because because we're part of Hashem, there's an endless uh, expanse inside ourselves and waiting to be appreciated. And this is a path to godliness. There's like a steady, unwavering worthiness that's like a beam of light connecting us to Hashem. And now I feel like more I can serve and interact from a true place of love. And when I'm not there, I know I'll get back there. Because that's life, is that we fall, we get back on. We fall, we get back on. Always before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, I always teach my students, the nature of life is falling off. That's the nature. Do not be ashamed to do tshuva. That's how he made us. He wants us to do this. He has malachim. He has his angels. He didn't create us to, imit- to be them. He has angels. Angels are great. He created humans. And his light shines in fallible, right? Fallible, capable of falling, humans. That's where Hashem's light shines, infallible humans who are not angelic, who are not, we're not steady. Our worth is steady. Our behavior is not steady. Our thoughts are not steady. We have our amygdala that fires off and thinks everything's an emergency. <laughs> you know, the animal brain that just thinks everything's fight or flight, right? And then we have our frontal brain, come on, you know, and in between is the emotions and there's a lot going on in there that we're dealing with, like the duck paddling underneath and on top we're floating peacefully and underneath we're paddling with all our might to stay afloat because there's so much going on in every interaction and in every day. There's so much that's happening and Hashem, He knows that. He made that. He wants us that way. He wants us to be these people who fall and climb back up, who fall and climb. That's what He desires of us. That's what He wants. Now, so Ruth said, let's connect this to marriage. So I said like this. We can learn to find Hashem in ourselves. We love Hashem. When we find love in our hearts, that expands to the universe. When we can expand our ani, my ani includes everybody, then there's room inside for ourselves and others. There's no need to shrink or extinguish myself to make room for another. My light can shine and so can yours. I can speak my truth and so can you. I don't need to shut my voice and I can, you don't need to shut your voice. We're all different. Hashem, we're all part of him. He, he made us, there's, he has no limits and he made all kinds of people. And so I don't need to shrink myself or extinguish myself or be fake or please somebody. I can be me and shine my light in the world and you can shine yours and it'll all be great together. Hashem's world includes room for everyone to create and express. So we all want things, right? In our life, we all have needs. We call them wants or needs. For example, to be respected. We want respect. We want pleasure. We want love. We want connection. I say want. They are needs. We want those things and we need them. In fact, I would say the greatest driving force of all things in creation including inanimate things such as atoms and molecules is the desire to be connected everything wants connection and that explains a lot of what you see in the world even siblings fighting they'll do anything to be connected to each other they'll even fight 
And so once that happens, you feel more peaceful around it. Once you understand it. Anyway, so connection is the deepest desire of everything Hashem made. We cleave. We want to cleave and cling. Our soul wants to cling to Him. And, and people want to cling to each other in a healthy way. And Right? Okay. So we all want things. To be respected, we need to feel our respectability. We feel, I am respectable. To experience pleasure, we need to feel deserving of pleasure. Deserving, not in a grabbing way, but in a receiving way. To receive and attract love, we spoke about this, we need to feel worthy of love. I'm lovable. To experience connection to others, sorry to say, but we need to be connected to ourselves. That's a fact. It's really a prerequisite. And I say sorry because a lot of us start off trying and reaching for it from somewhere else. But the real experience comes when we have that deep. In yoga, we say root to rise. It starts at the bottom. Okay? So we bring who we are everywhere we go. Right? Wherever you go, you take yourself with you. Did you ever hear that expression? You take yourself with you wherever you go. So we bring who we are to our marriages, maybe more than to any other relationship. We are each here to express our unique soul and bring, bring the healthiest self that we can into our marriages. And guess what? There's no arriving. There's no like, got it, I did it, I am set. There's no arriving in marriage, nor in life. The journey is all there is. The journey is all there is. Climbing rung by rung with intention, commitment, and devotion. Slipping, yes, slipping, getting back up. That's what reveals our inner beauty and treasure. Every woman here could probably say that she got to something beautiful by something that was hard in her life. And so we see others, especially our spouses, through a lens of our perception. There's so much to gain by observing this free of judgment. What's my perception? Who do I see? What do I, what do I understand in my spouse's behavior? What do I understand? What's my interpretation? What voices do I hear? So it's good to just start noticing this without judgment because the rule of life is we start where we are and we work from there. Um, and that's what this beautiful reading what said, that we start where we are and we work from there. And that's what the inner light of love allows us to do. So I'm going to conclude by saying, and then we'll do a meditation for anyone who's interested. Let us open ourselves to receive the gift of our own love. We can give it like no one else. I once saw a beautiful thing. Imagine being loved the way that you love. That's your language. Give love the way you would love to receive it and give it to yourself. No one understands you the way you do, except Hashem. So to, let's open ourselves to receive the gift of our own love, love of others, love in marriage, and eventually, essentially, the divine love of Hashem. If you'll join me, I'd love to invite you to participate in something that I found very heart-opening. The first time I experienced it, I was like, this is so beautiful. And it was like one of those things where you like stop and you sit down, and it happens to me a lot in life. <laughs> but... And I, I heard this, this beautiful meditation that, that helps you to locate a part of yourself that may be very familiar or maybe totally uh, a stranger, okay? So if you're, if you're comfortable and you'd like, 
please get yourself comfortable on the seat. And if you want to sit on a more comfortable chair and to be, to be able to sink into your chair a little bit, to be comfortable, if you can, if you want. Uh, you, can, you can be, okay, beautiful. Try to be comfortable because... Okay. Okay, so when you're ready, now, um, if you're able to, see if you can... Okay. So can you hear me though, ladies on the grass? Yes. Okay. So to begin, if you if your feet are on the floor, I see that not everybody has access to that. That's a good way to start. Always in life, I spoke a little bit about your nervous system. It's very good to feel your feet on the floor. Let's say someone this is just a side point, ladies, before the meditation. If someone's talking to you and you're like, uh oh, uh oh, right? You yeah? Feel those feet rooting into the ground. Shatul Apalgeimayim, deeply rooted. Feel yourself rooted. You could say, I love yoga. Feel yourself pressing into the ground. You're connected to something steady. Okay, so if you can feel your feet pressing into the ground and you feel that you're supported by the earth and you do not need to hold yourself up. And if you can feel that, see if you can feel yourself held by the chair. See if you can sit in the chair and not just on the chair. See if it's possible for you to just feel yourself sinking a little more deeply into the chair so you feel I don't need to hold myself. My seat and maybe even my back are comfortable, ensconced in a chair. I feel I'm not holding myself. Something is holding me. And if you're comfortable, and if you're not, you can switch to a different place. Right? You could take a minute and make yourself, you could, it's my, you know, make yourself as comfortable as possible, or try this when you are somewhere comfortable. So sitting comfortably with your back supported, your feet supported, and your back received by the chair. Take in whatever breath you want from your nose. Whatever kind of breath you can. Maybe it only goes into your shoulders, or maybe it goes deeper into your chest. It might help you to take, pretend like there's a nose at the bottom of your sternum, at the bottom of your breastbone. See if you can imagine there's a nose there that's filling your belly with air. Light oxygen. See if you can bring it in. Do not stress about the breath. Whatever the breath comes to is the right breath for you now. Whatever you can take in, oxygen, which is life-giving, it's Hashem reminding you that He's taking care of you, wherever the breath can go. And as you breathe comfortably, in through your nose, maybe out through your mouth, think about a time when you really felt love, open-hearted love. Maybe someone in your life that you love. Not that you should love or you're supposed to love, but you say you love. Someone that you really do love. That when you think of them, you feel nice inside. And ask yourself, where do I feel 
that feeling of love. For some it may be easy, for some it may be distant. Do you feel it perhaps in your heart, in the middle of your chest, maybe the bottom of your heart, maybe the top of your heart? Does your heart feel like it's expanded? Maybe there's like a shelf under your heart to hold your heart and make it safe. So where do you feel it? Maybe you feel it in your foot. You could feel it wherever you feel it. Where do you feel love in your heart for that person or that situation that makes you feel what love is? So if you feel love in your heart, see if you can breathe comfortably and feel comfortable in your chair with your feet on the floor and see, can I maybe expand that light, expand that love a little bit broader in my body? Can I feel love little more love than that and as you breathe comfortably see if that love can expand more maybe into your shoulders down your arms maybe down your legs maybe up into your ears into the top of your head see if you can really feel love what does love feel like and imagine Hashem loves me even more than this. He loves me so fully and so deeply and so broadly and so brightly and so powerfully. This is only a taste of the love that Hashem has for each person that he creates and blows his breath into. So take a moment to feel how pleasurable it is to experience love. Love is the greatest pleasure in life. To feel love in your heart or wherever you feel it and let it expand all over and expand past your skin out into the world. To make room for other people and how they are and who they are. And most importantly, to make room for yourself. When you're ready, you gently blink your eyes open and just if you're not ready, stay where you are. <laughs> it's a beautiful feeling. And when you're ready, just remember that's always available to you. Love is in your heart. Hashem implanted in us an endless capacity for love. And if we want it from other people, it's in us. If we desire it and it's such a need, that's because we have the capacity. Whatever I need in life, I have in me already. Enjoy that feeling. Take it with you. Use it when you need it. And remember, that is the key to being connected to Hashem and to life. Have a beautiful, beautiful experience on the retreat. I'm enjoying myself so much. And if you want to talk more about any practical exercises, whatever, love to talk about it. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. I don't think we could get up.